0: So if this were a PR war, public relations, uh, Vladimir Putin would be dead, okay? He is losing, losing the PR war. I mean, look at him. He looks like Dr. Evil in some sort of lair with all of his minions. This is the first time he's been seen in a while in semi-public, and um, he's kind of defensive, and he's offering up new reasons, and he doesn't seem like a man who is winning, that's my impression. Tell me, what do you think?
1: It was a real threat. Already in the foreseeable future, with the international military cooperation, the pro-Nazi regime in Kiev could have received weapons of mass destruction, whose target, of course, would have been Russia.
0: I hadn't heard that before. Had you, as a justification, if they got weapons of mass destruction, then they might have come to us. And we're three weeks in, right? I mean, he's defensive, he's justifying, trying to justify the war. This is a man who might know that he could lose this one. Next.
1: All diplomatic avenues were exhausted. They just did not leave us any option to solve in peaceful manner the problems that were not caused by us. And because of that, we were simply forced to start a special military operation.:
0: You explain yourself when you're feeling vulnerable, he's feeling vulnerable. People who are winning, who are confident, who know they did the right thing don't have to explain it. Next.
1: In terms of the military tactics developed by Russian Ministry of Defense and the General Staff, they were completely justified and our lads soldiers and officers have shown bravery and heroism and they are doing everything that they can to avoid loss of civilian life in ukrainian cities
0: yeah your tactics stink and so i'm sorry do some of your lads out there drunk on the battlefield we've seen it you guys are missing your targets you're hitting women and children this is uh, well these are war crimes clearly and what everyone knows now you've been exposed your military has been exposed according to one military expert Take a look. It appears as though Russia's military is mired in 1970, 52 years ago. Also, maybe why Vladimir Putin is holding back, he wants to maintain the gap between external perceptions and the reality of their capabilities. Does that make sense? The reality is not so much. Russian generals would rather leave them, they're talking about airplanes now, parked menacingly on runways than have them flown incompetently into battle. Airplanes, the pilots over there have not been getting nearly enough training. Some get just 20 minutes of flight time a day. That is not enough to stay sharp. So that's the leader who is losing at least the PR war. Here's the one who's winning. Vladimir Zelensky speaking before Congress today in Washington via Zoom from Kyiv.
2: Members of Congress, I have the high privilege and distinct honor of presenting to you the President of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky,
3: Slava Ukraina.
2: Slava Ukraina. To hear us. My colleagues, Slava Ukraina. Slava Ukraina.
0: Big moment there. Sorry that Nancy had to lead the way. Slava Ukraina. Apparently it means glory to Ukraine. And then we heard from the president. He wants that no fly zone. NATO aircraft, American aircraft patrolling the skies over Ukraine.
2: This is a terror that Europe has not seen, has not seen for 80 years, and we are asking for a reply, for an answer uh, to this uh, terror from the whole world. Is this a lot to ask for? To create a no-fly zone, zone over Ukraine to save people—is this too much to ask? Humanitarian no-fly zone, something that Ukraine, uh, that Russia would not be able to terrorise our
0: free cities looks like that's not going to happen he seems to know that and he offered a um an alternative right after that
2: if this is too much to ask we offer an alternative aircraft that can help ukraine help europe and you know that they exist and you have them, but they are on earth, not in Ukraine, in the Ukrainian sky.
0: And that's a problem. And the Biden administration's not committing, at least at this point. And we've done it before. We've provided armaments to all kinds of governments all over the place. These guys are essentially freedom fighters and we're not doing it. Then he showed a pretty compelling video of the horror what's happening in his country.
2: We must prevent it, preventively destroy every single aggressor who seeks to subjugate other nations. Please watch the video.
0: Very, very powerful. He's not going to get what he wants, it looks like. And remember, most of the members in Congress have already made up their minds. Look at how they reacted.
4: I wish you to be the leader of the world. Being the leader of
0: the world means to be the leader of peace. Thank you. Slava Ukraine.
2: Glory to Ukraine
0: Again, powerful, maybe even emotional, but it's like a bunch of people who went to go see a movie that moved them emotionally. And then they were on to their lives as soon as they left because he's not going to get the no fly zone and he's not going to get the uh, the airplanes. By the way, personally, that might be the right call. Might be. It's complex. He won't be the first guy to go to Congress from another country and make the case passionately from Ukraine even. Poroshenko did this back in 2014, warned the world about what could happen if he did not get lethal weapons.
5: Please understand me correctly. Blankets, night vision, Googles are also important, but one cannot win the war with the blankets. Even more, we cannot keep the peace with the blanket.
0: Why do they clap at all this stuff if they're not going to follow through, if they're not going to give the guy what he wants? They didn't give him uh, the, the equipment. They only gave him non-lethal assistance. And it looks like Poroshenko is going to go back somewhat empty handed, not entirely. Uh, uh, but the people, the American people seem to be on the side of Congress here. How should the U.S. respond to war in Ukraine only 13% believe that we should respond militarily, and a no-fly zone would essentially be a military response. Now, a couple of hours later, Joe had to see the uh, political outfall or fallout from the speech and uh, coordinate and calculate and make his announcement, um, nothing on the airplanes, nothing on a no-fly zone, but uh, $800 million worth of military hardware. Some of it uh, interesting, a lot of rifles, pistols, uh, machine guns, bullets, helmets, all that kind of stuff, and larger weapons systems as well. But when it came to those airplanes, um, you know, Poland is, could, could potentially help and we could backfill. Not yet, at least.
2: Mr. President, what will it take for you to send the Polish mates that President Zelensky is asking for? I'm not going to comment
4: that right now. I'm not going to comment any
6: other than what I told well, you to say. Thank you. Mr. Really, really, exactly President, are you going to go yeah.
2: to Poland? Mr. Oh, yeah. President,
4: quickly,
6: you did just say <laughs> that Putin is going after maternity wars, hospital. Are you ready to call him a war trip? Hey, okay, folks,
4: they need to.
0: I think they got to put that door a little bit closer to the desk so Joe doesn't have to walk that far. That is not a good look. Hey, there's a time and a place for questions, and maybe that wasn't really the time for questions, but it just looks weak and looks uh, bearing. It's, It's part of the equation. Later, he was at a reception, got a pretty straightforward question. Hey, is Vladimir Putin a war criminal at this point? What do you think, Mr. President? was back to the cocktail party after that. Are you ready to call uh, President Putin a war criminal? No. Direct question, simple. These people got to him and said, oh Comes back 20 minutes later to correct the situation.
6: He's a war criminal, sir. The oh, war I think he is a war criminal. You be with How you call
0: Oh. You said war criminal. Yes, yes, of course, he's, he's one of those. Not good, not good. Overall, I saw some quotes in the paper from a smart guy. I, uh, I don't agree with him on a lot, but I think he's right here. Max Boot, we can't afford to start a, lo- a larger war, but we also can't afford to let Russia win. And that, and that rings true. Also, we need to be wary of Putin, but he also needs to be wary of us. And it seems like, at least with the airplanes that we could be helping to supply, we're tiptoeing when we should just be plunging straight through. Stay with us. We'll meet a wonderful congresswoman originally from Ukraine, born and raised in Ukraine, her thoughts on the steps forward.
4: is Is that that the the fake fake news just doesn't
0: get it, do they? they? You know the fake news they were done talking about and thinking about and analyzing Afghanistan about maybe three, four days after we withdrew. It was bad there for a while for Joe, but then it just disappeared. Uh, You know who hasn't forgotten? You know who was taking notes? You know who studied that, studied us, studied our ineptitude? China. Russia, the world, we're not what we used to be. We lost, we lost big time, and it was awful. And you know what? It is Joe Biden's responsibility. And I do believe, personally, had that not happened, and it would not have happened if President Trump were still in office, we would not be going through what we're going through now in Ukraine. And most Americans agree, Putin would not have invaded if Trump were still president, 62%. You know, even some liberal publications are acknowledging that If you read closely, I mean, the experts, you know, yeah, uh, what we saw in Afghanistan, that's code for the screw up in Afghanistan was so horrendous that our adversaries took note and it changed the geopolitical equation of just about everything. So back to Zelensky today. He was, um, look, the guy's Great. He makes a very good presentation. He wears the T-shirt. He speaks strongly. He didn't run away. Um, He's very impressive. What we've seen so far, I don't like it how the media fall in love overnight just like this. They've done it before and they're doing it again.
6: We find here with Zelensky. Just like those, those union workers in Gdansk in 1980, uh, just, uh, you know, just like Mandela, and, and let's go back to Lexington and Concord, just, just like uh, people there, um, we have Zelensky, uh, who seems to be bending history before our very eyes.
0: Gone down. We don't know yet. And by the way, bending history, he couldn't even bend the arms of the people in there. No, not really his fault. He didn't get what he wanted from these people, yet they're deifying him. The media, they love to do that. They did it with Cuomo. Remember that? In the heart of the uh, pandemic, they needed a hero and they made him one even though he signed that crummy $5 million book deal in the middle of it all, didn't tell anybody. Very, very strange situation. Zelensky, just before the invasion, had a 31% approval rating uh, with Ukrainians. Now, so far, it is impressive, but most of the media, they're reacting to the style, the social media videos. What's really happening? It's hard to say. The same media, of course, uh, is somehow impressed with Joe Biden's performance.
6: You have an awakened Europe. This has happened because Biden took it cautiously at the beginning because he didn't want to spook our European allies. He took his time. He brought them along. When there's all this screaming and yelling and chattering from the Trump right, he kept his head down. He kept consulting with allies. I have no doubt that we're going to look back on this. Historians are going to look back on this as an extraordinary Uh, amount of work. When the history is written, it will include a full chapter, maybe a couple of chapters on what Joseph R. Biden, president of the United States, has done for the past six, seven, eight weeks with regard to Ukraine.
0: Oh, yes. He's been quite the master. He's been stumbling. He's been bumbling. He's been lost. He's been confused. He's been following what he should have been leading. Yes, this is. Oh, he was just being cautious. Didn't want to spook anybody by moving too fast. They do this all the time. And of course, the questions that I want answers to. I mean, and I wanted them during the campaign. Where is Joe Biden's head? <laughs> after he took all this money from Burisma in Ukraine and Russia. That's a major, major conflict of interest. Uh, We have rules, regulations, and laws (laughs) if you want to work for the federal government preventing this kind of stuff. But there it is. It actually happened. And they always wanted to tell us that this wasn't a problem. It was Trump. Trump could not be trusted around the Russians. Oh, boy, remember what he said right in front of Vladimir Putin?
6: People came to me, Dan Coates came to me and some others. They said they think it's Russia. Uh, I have uh, President Putin. Uh, he just said it's not Russia. I will say this I don't see any reason why it would be.
0: Now, can you believe what he just said? And Putin was standing right there. And he said that? The mainstream media lost its mind. I mean, totally, totally. They, they, they wanted to
3: impeach him for this almost. The president of the United States sided with the man responsible for the attack on the United States, not with the people of the United States. Donald Trump's done a lot of bad stuff. This is about the biggest one. He said that he trusted Vladimir
6: Putin's word and by extension, the word of Russia's spy community, uh, which attacked the United States of America. How many times have we all heard him say there was no collusion? Right. There was no collusion.
0: Witch hunt, no w- collusion. hunt, no collusion. The damage from Helsinki may indeed be done. Oh my God! What? Who? Oh. Um, Trump actually was right. He was the. That's all phony. That's all phony. He was right once again. Mueller ultimately concluded how much money was spent by the Russians, independent of the Trump campaign. There was no collusion. $100,000. They spent $100,000 trying to influence the election. Um, there's probably a bike store near where you live that has spent roughly that amount of money on Facebook ads. That is not a lot of money, all right? <laughs> but um, they were just obsessed. There must be something wrong with Trump and Putin, something wrong with the relationship, right? Everything they that he said, had to be, had to be suspect,
6: right? Will I get along with him? I have no idea. It's, it's a killer, I won't. Putin's a killer. A lot of killers. we got a lot of killers. Why, well, you think our country's so innocent? Do you think our country's so innocent? I don't know of any government leaders that are killers in the Well, America. take a look at what we've done, too. We've made a lot of mistakes.
0: It sounds reasonable to me. Uh-uh, not for the swamp.
6: I'm actually incredulous that uh, the president would make a statement like that. It, uh, one can argue that's the most anti-American statement ever made by the president of the United States. Even O'Reilly called Putin a killer. Yeah. Trump always finds an excuse for Putin, and that, you know, should,
0: should, should worry all of us. Trump defended Putin's use of political violence by saying America has
6: its share of killers. I don't know what the president's trying to do with statements like he allegedly has on O'Reilly. Putin is a mess. He's committed all sorts of murderous thuggery, uh, and I am opposed to the way Putin conducts himself in world affairs, and I hope that the president also wants to show moral leadership about this issue you
0: see the outrage you see uh, what they how they portray what he said and what he really said and there is a major gap between the two most americans would understand what president trump said was reasonable but they have this tendency to just lose it about this guy president trump he fired a few shots himself He took on the intelligence community and that really set off the swamp. He was sarcastic with them. The intelligence briefing on so-called Russian hacking, that made them so mad. But it's actually okay because the intelligence community has screwed up a lot. 9-11, weapons of mass destruction, Afghanistan and beyond. But if you say that out loud, like he did, watch out.
6: Trump also mocks the US intelligence community tweeting this, you're already sensing a negative reaction, pretty negative reaction.
0: These are public
6: servants. Yeah, I don't know why he's attacking these people. The intel community. It, it does the so community. much
5: damage to intel collections. This is
6: exactly what he does. He
3: attacks other authorities, other sources of information. He attacks the media. He attacks the intelligence services. Look at all the quotation marks there. You know, intelligence in quotation marks, Russian hacking in quotation marks. Clearly continuing to try to sow doubt.
0: These are just government bureaucracies. It's okay to not like them, to be skeptical of them because of their previous work. And they did take revenge. Chuck Schumer, in a rare moment of candor and honesty, listen to what he said was in store for President Trump after he took on the intelligence
4: community.
1: He's taking these... Shots, this antagonism, yep. is taunting to the intelligence tell community.
4: You, you take on the intelligence community, they have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. So even for a practical, supposedly hard-nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do this. You
0: hear that? They're going to get back at you.
4: The intelligence community will
0: get back at the president of the United States. That is an admission of the deep state of the swamp, serving the swamp, serving themselves and not the duly elected president of the United States. They're out for themselves. They, not all, but a huge chunk, anti, anti anti-American, and not to be trusted. Getting back to Ukraine, 62%, again, I can't emphasize this enough, believe that this would not be happening if President Trump were still in office. And Putin, Where did he get the idea that he might get away with this? Hmm? Here's one example, the mainstream media telling him he was a genius for all these years. You gotta do an audit, we should do an audit of of the mainstream media's treatment of Putin uh, over the past 20 years. He got great press and the mistake is he believed it. He also got some great treatment uh, from Clinton, from Bush, from Obama, totally, you can see it everybody everybody having a great time with this killer it's okay that these guys smile and hang out right look at joe look at how tickled he is (laughs) hey he really looks delighted and watch trump and you get over here i'm in charge Some people think this is silly. Some people think Trump's acting like a barbarian. This works. This works. The energy in the room is very, very important. And then when Biden showed up with his uh, team, this stuff doesn't work. It works in the opposite direction. When people like Joe Biden and Jake Sullivan and uh, Tony Blinken started asking questions, this stuff started happening. I mean, it's kind of... It's overall ineptitude and a little bit of arrogance. Take a look. We have seen over the course of
1: the past 10 days a dramatic acceleration in the buildup of Russian forces and the disposition of those forces in such a way that they could launch a military action essentially at any time. We have now been saying for some time that we are in the window and an invasion could begin, a major military action could begin by Russia in Ukraine any day now. That includes this coming week.
0: They just were so anxious to be right after they got Afghanistan so wrong. It was going to be easy. They were so wrong and they were on the record and they got caught this one. They almost wanted to happen because they they wanted to be right. And by the way, when they were so convinced it was going to happen, what were they really doing to prepare the Ukrainians for what they're going through right now? We need to know more about that. We'll be right back.
6: Information, truth, is freedom, is Newsmax. It's real news for real people.
0: I wish you to be the leader of the world. Being the leader of the world means to be the
4: leader of peace. Thank you. Love Ukraine.
2: Glory to Ukraine.
0: A historic speech by the man of the hour, President Zelensky of Ukraine, right in the middle of his country being invaded. Uh, he's talking to Congress and parliaments around the world, asking for assistance. Namely, a no-fly zone. He really wants one; thinks it's essential to setting up security in his country and pushing back the Russians. We'd like to bring in Congresswoman Victoria Spartz, Republican of Indiana. She was in the room uh, in Washington D.C. while that speech was played. Also, a native of Ukraine, Uh, uh, Congresswoman. Welcome to Newsmax. How are you?
5: Thank you, God. Thank you very much.
0: What did you think of his? You bet. What did you think of the speech?
5: Well, I think President Zelensky had a very heartfelt speech. I think he stepped up to the plate, inspired a lot of people, and united the West, and I think you know, his example of courage, I think it's a good example for a lot of people, and they're in a very difficult situation. And I think the images that my colleagues have seen, it's heartbreaking that what's happening in the country, I see these images every day, people send it to me in desperately asking for help, but I think for the members of Congress and for the American people to see that, because American people are strong and very good-hearted people, and seen that I think it was important to send that message, directly to the people's house, too.
0: Well, he got a standing ovation, but as you know, he asked specifically for a no-fly zone. My sense is that's not happening. Uh, I'd like to play for you that moment when he made this request, which was borderline, and understandably so, desperate.
2: Russian troops have already fired nearly 1,000 missiles at Ukraine. Countless bombs, they use drones to kill us with precision. This is a terror that Europe has not seen, has not seen for 80 years. And we are asking for a reply, for an answer uh, to this uh, terror from the whole world. Is this a lot to ask for? To create a no-fly zone zone over Ukraine to save people. Is this too much to ask? Humanitarian no-fly zone something that Ukraine, that Russia would not be able to terrorize our free cities.
0: So that was a pretty passionate, impassioned plea. Everybody stood up and applauded. Where is this going to, how is this going to play out? Uh, Where is Congress right now? Where are you on a no-fly zone? Would you support it? You heard what he just said, President Zelensky.
5: Well, I I understand their frustrations and I understand what's happening there and how upset they are. Unfortunately, the reality on the ground, you know, there is no way at this point we're able to enforce no-fly zone because it would put us in direct confrontation with a nuclear country. And I think it's a big problem. What we could do, we could provide proper defense equipment that Ukrainians can maintain and support humanitarian corridors where people get under siege and, you know, slaughtered, where Ukrainians be able to protect their own people. And I think that's another ask he had. I think it's been a reasonable ask. And I think it takes too long for us to act. If you see Elon Musk was able to deliver Internet in 24 hours, I know some companies with private ammunition, they were able to deliver it in two days. And it takes us weeks and discussions and tweeting and this and this and this. This is ridiculous how slow our government is acting and people are dying and more people will die if they don't act faster.
0: What about this? Uh, Those MiGs, Poland has MiGs. At one point, it looked like they were going to be turned over to Ukrainian forces. Joe Biden was asked that. Uh, Pointedly, he said no comment. Uh, Here some of them are not being used at the moment. Joe Biden asked about this during the signing ceremony for more military aid to Ukraine. Let's listen to that, please.
2: Mr. President, what will it take for
1: you to send the Polish maids that President Zelensky is asking for? I'm not going to comment that right now.
2: I'm not going to comment any other than what I think. Thank well, you. you did just say.
0: All right. And there he goes. And there he goes. So. Uh, You mentioned military hardware that the Ukrainians uh, can maintain. In your opinion, should that include these MiG fighters?
5: Well, it's interesting for me how this issue was politicized by Biden administrations. Even, you know, it's interesting, I think in about a week ago or so, a little bit more, I think the Department of Defense of Russia said, like, well, if you let MiGs fly from, you know, NATO airfields, it's escalation. He never mentioned that like, actually giving this old plane to Ukraine somehow, it's an escalation. And the department was one way, then another way, then they threw Poland under the bus and Paul cleverly said, you know what guys, don't wash your hands off, we're in it together. You know. So they politicized and made it into a ridiculous situation. And I think it they put it really in situation right now, if it's even feasible, for them to fly this nigs Mi- over there, but it wasn't totally necessary. They didn't have to talk a tweet about it and have all these green lights on approval, Blinken was doing it. This is, doesn't make sense. You don't fight, this is not a theater. This is a real dangerous situation. It almost seems like they acting like, you know, typical politicians with theater and drama and grandstanding.
0: So as we say goodbye, um, can you tell us, I, I'm sure you have relatives in Ukraine. How are they? What are you hearing?
5: Well, I think, you know, the situation is dire in Ukraine. I have some relatives that, you know, uh, that been in the city that been bombed for three weeks now with no water electricity, so I haven't even heard from them recently. So it's a very difficult situation. There are really probably over a million people right now with no water electricity getting bombed all day and all the people, young people, people get killed when they try to get out of the city. So I think it's a very dire, dangerous situation. And if we don't help Ukrainians to defend themselves, with the whole West, it's not just us. I think NATO and uh, European community need to step up because that's a big problem for them too. And I'm glad to see after everything what President Trump was pushing them not that long ago, now they're understanding the energy policies are bad, that they don't need to spend some money to defend themselves. I'm glad to see that, but they also need to be faster because in any crisis, your strategy speed and scale will determine the success and how many lives you can save.
0: Congresswoman Victoria Sparks, we appreciate it so much. A Republican from Indiana, all the best to be Thank continued, OK? Thank you. You bet. Take care. When we come back, where has the U.N. been? The United Nations, all that money, all that time, all that talking. Aren't they made to uh, stop something like this war? You would think, but they've been a disaster. And Zelensky called them out today. It was pretty good. We'll be right back. So Zelensky making his case. President Zelensky in front of the U.S. Congress. He was uh, very good. He inspired a lot of people. Asked for a lot. He's probably not going to get what he really wants. But across town, President Biden was uh, well. He didn't impress too many people. He was uh, he was shaky. He was Joe. He was uh, himself. And at one point, really seemed to me like he was trying to talk tough by listing all these weapon systems, not giving. The weapon, the big weapons that uh, uh, Mr. Zelensky wants, the airplane, but a
6: lot of little weapons. Take a look. This new package, on its own, is going to provide unprecedented assistance to Ukraine. It includes 800 anti-aircraft systems to make sure the Ukrainian military can continue to can continue to stop the planes and helicopters that have been attacking their people and to defend their Ukrainian airspace. Our new assistance package also includes 9,000 anti-armor systems. So uh, I'd like to bring in now
0: Fred Flight, senior fellow at the American First Policy Institute. He's also a veteran of the Trump National Security Council. Um, Fred, what did you think of that? I I really, he just seemed to like to rattle off those weapon systems as if that sounded, that was a tough thing to do.
4: Greg, I was really disappointed. This was just a laundry list of weapons, many of which you're not going to get, to the Ukrainian armed forces because the Russians are going to stop them. And one has to wonder, how is this solving the conflict? We're going to give the Ukrainians enough weapons to continue a long protracted conflict that nobody's going to win. The country will be flattened. The Russian economy will be destroyed. Russia will have huge losses to its military. Not one word about ceasefire or negotiations or ratcheting down the conflict that's what we need the president to do right now. Something really hard to call on both sides to negotiate, to save lives. Look, it's, it's offensive to talk about the Ukrainians making any compromise to get out of this. That's what we need Biden to do. It's kind of wild, Fred, that you I didn't notice
0: that at the time, but he did not mention those things. And those would be kind of, they seem obvious. Why not? What's the calculation? Is, is Biden, is that his idea? Why such a
4: fundamental mistake? Well, instead, Biden said, we're gonna make sure that Putin does not win any part of Ukraine. I wish we lived in a world where that was possible. And if that's his position, let's send in the US military, but we can't do that. I don't want us to do that. We can't get into a nuclear war with Russia. The solution to this is gonna be imperfect and we're not gonna like it, but it is better now, let's say that the Ukrainians offer neutrality, never to join NATO as an opening position, That's something both Zelensky and Biden have to send to their people, because that's the responsible way forward, not listing all these weapons. And then he called Putin a war criminal today. You and I know he's a war criminal. We can say that on TV, but the president of the United States cannot be saying things like that if we're going to resolve this diplomatically. He
0: even stopped, had to come back, and he made sure that he called him a A war criminal. You know, uh, Putin was on television himself addressing his, uh, I guess, war council. He seemed a little lonely there. He had a very uh, kind of a Dr. Evil vibe going. And he talked about uh, the diplomatic efforts before this war. Take a
1: look. All diplomatic avenues were exhausted. They just did not leave us any option to solve in peaceful manner the problems that were not caused by us. And because of that, we were simply forced to start a special military operation.
0: He's three weeks in and he's explaining himself. That seems to me like he could be losing his confidence. Uh, what
4: did you make of that? Well, I mean, he miscalculated here and and there were diplomatic options. We could have played this better. We should have probably ruled out NATO membership for Ukraine a long time ago. But that's not why Putin invaded. He was worried about a democracy on his border. He was worried about the influence of Ukraine affecting Russia. But I think these tough sanctions are affecting Putin. They're affecting the people who keep Putin in power. And I also think there are other nations who are calling Putin maybe India, maybe China, saying, you know, this is not going well. You have to end this. Real quick, China
0: actually said publicly that the territorial integrity of all countries, including Ukraine, must be respected. They said that in an op-ed in The Washington Post. What do you make of that? They, they went out of their way, obviously, to say this. What is the significance? And if you could give me that in 10 seconds, please.
4: China hates this conflict. And they say in this op-ed, if we knew this was going to happen, we would have tried to stop it. I'm not completely confident that's where China is, but I have a feeling they want this conflict to end. Fred Flights from the American American
0: First Policy Institute. Sir, thank you so much. To be continued. Alex Salvi is our Rome-based correspondent. He's currently on assignment on the Ukraine-Poland border. Alex, great to see you. Man, uh, we're, we're worried about you, of course, and uh, we hope all is well. How you doing over there, man?
3: I'm doing great, Greg. Yeah, yeah, I'm just switching it up a little bit. Uh, But right here, I want to show you, sometimes it's better to show rather than tell. This is the entry point from Ukraine coming into Poland. As you can see, that border remains open tonight. You can see some humanitarian aid going into the country. But I also want to show you the footsteps that a lot of Ukrainian refugees take when they first get into the country. One of the first things that they're greeted to is something just like this. You can see that here it is late at night, about 25 degrees outside, volunteers already out here, providing them with warm food warm place to stay. You can see even back there, there's an ATM machine. And that's because we've heard the numbers, over 3 million refugees leaving Ukraine altogether, 1.7 landing right here in Poland, but they're not staying here in Poland. I think that's something that's worth mentioning as well, because they need to take out money. They're going to other parts of the continent. We know that a lot of them are landing in Berlin, but they're not all staying in Poland. Now, I do want to direct your attention this way as well, because if you can see on the street, it actually remains pretty empty tonight. And that's significant, too because throughout the day, there was a lot of humanitarian aid that was stuck in trucks, unable to go into the country. Now, I asked people as to why that was necessarily, and one of the truck drivers told me that he didn't necessarily have an answer for that. Now, it is worth uh, pointing out that it was just a couple of days ago where there was a westernmost strike in Poland, about 30 miles from where I am right now, and a lot of people are saying that the intent of that strike was to make sure that humanitarian aid and military aid wasn't coming into Poland.
0: Wow. All right. So look, what are your plans now? Um, I'm hoping you're not going into Ukraine anytime soon. And by the way, Alex, you're operating your own camera. What you just did, you're holding the camera. You're there by yourself right now, correct?
3: I am. I'm doing my lighting, the audio, everything like that. I won't be going to Ukraine. Luckily, we have some very brave, uh, talented correspondents. Sarah Williamson, Chuck Holton also in there right now. They've been doing fantastic work. I'm covering the border for the time being. Uh, we'll see how this develops because it's also a major story taking place here.
0: Excellent, Alex. Well, we will be uh, staying in touch. And what's one thing that uh, has struck you so far? You just got there. Um, You've talked to a few people. Um, have you been in any way affected so far?
3: You know, it's been touching stories of people coming over the border and it's really interesting to talk to Ukrainians too because I was shocked by this situation. I mean, a Russian invasion, a war in Eastern Europe. When you talk to Ukrainians, they're not too surprised by this. They've been experiencing stuff like this ever since 2014. They said they saw this type of stuff at the foot of their doorway. So they're not necessarily surprised as much as I am. And that's something that really stuck out to me the most.
0: Well, we're so glad you're there. Be careful, of course, and uh, thank you. To be continued again, uh, Alex Salvi reporting for us. Follow him on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Greg. We'll be right back.
6: Real heroes. Real conflict. Real threats. Real heart. Now, there's a place America gets its news. Newsmax, we're real news for real people. Millions are turning off the old channels
2: and switching to Newsmax, the fastest growing cable news channel in America.
6: No agenda, no spin, just the facts. Millions watch us, so can you. Newsmax, we are real news for real people.
0: Thanks a lot. See you tomorrow. Stinchfield is next.